So let's talk about your next patient, Stacy, the 78-year-old man. This gentleman was 78 at the time of diagnosis approximately two years ago in the summer of 2009, at which time he presented with a PSA of 26 and 12 out of 12 cores from his prostate came back positive with Gleason 7 and 8 cancer. And bone scan at that time showed extensive bony metastases. He was started on combined androgen blockade and had a very short-lived response, approximately six months. And by May 2010, PSA was starting to rise, and bone scan even showed some new lesions. He was subsequently started on docetaxel every three weeks together with zoledronic acid. And he tolerated the therapy well, but had only a modest PSA drop. His PSA stayed relatively flat. He was asymptomatic from his disease, but there was concerns that he might be progressing. It was suggested to him by his oncologist at the time to consider switching to cabazitaxel. At that time, he saw consultation with me, and I felt that his PSA, although not dropping significantly, was staying relatively flat, and I wasn't convinced that he had failed docetaxel, and so I continued that treatment with every three-week therapy, and he ultimately received nine cycles in total with his PSA remaining in approximately the 30-40 range, tolerating therapy well, with main side effects being loss of appetite, fatigue, and by the time he got through nine cycles, the side effects had started to really build, and I opted to give him a treatment holiday, and he was off chemotherapy for a few months, and his PSA started to rise, and at that point, I enrolled him in our expanded access trial for abiraterone, and he initiated the abiraterone therapy. He's feeling better now off of the chemotherapy, less fatigued. He really has no complaints. Unfortunately, his PSA as well has been rising on the abiraterone, but for now I have continued it and will likely plan restaging scans to document radiographic progression. He did have a relatively marked increase in his liver function tests initially on the abiraterone, but with continuation of the therapy, the liver function tests normalized and have remained normal since. So he's tolerated that therapy well. So Matt, what about elevated LFTs and abiraterone? So it's been reported in the early phase trials, certainly was seen in phase three. Usually, in my experience, a lot of patients with abiraterone trials, and since the drug has been approved, and see that rarely, and it is not required discontinuation of treatment in any patients, in my experience, to date. But there are two key side effects that are worth monitoring for, and these both relate to why there's a requirement for use of prednisone, and that's hypokalemia and hypertension. And those are issues that just need regular monitoring, particularly with initiation of treatment with concurrent prednisone. They tend not to be an issue in the vast majority of patients. So what was your impression of him, Matt? He's a 80-year-old man who managed to get through nine cycles of docetaxel. Yeah, very fit guy and kind of in some ways, I think, in a very good place with his disease. He recognizes the fact that he has a disease that can't be cured. He also recognizes his own mortality. He's dealing with some important family issues. And so in contrast to an earlier patient we described as highly anxious about his cancer, this is a man who's very focused on his quality of life, really, you know, for the most part, uninterested in his PSA and very content with continuing on the current treatment until there's a clear reason to do otherwise. You know, this phenomenon of how people respond to these kind of situations in oncology, I think is part of why oncologists must find it so interesting. Any speculations, I'll start with you, Matt, in terms of, you know, why one patient kind of has this sort of acceptance and another one denial? 
I think it's a privileged part of what we do to interact with patients in such a meaningful way. And I think the difference in patient reaction to their illness reflects the same differences that we see in people in other walks of life. And just there's a whole range of personalities. And in some ways, cancer often, I think, magnifies an individual's underlying personality. So this guy couldn't have been more gracious about his disease and where he was with his life and his family and very grateful the care he'd been receiving. Any comments, Stacy? Yeah, I agree with Matt. I, mean, I think some people are just blessed with personalities where they can look at the big picture and they're glass half full type of people. Part of it, I think, is where this gentleman is in his life and what he's accomplished and what he's accomplished and what he's lived to see with his family. And so certainly, I think sometimes for certainly some younger patients, they feel they have not been able to complete some goals for their life plays into the anxiety a little But ultimately, I don't know that we have an explanation. And I give the gentleman like this a lot of credit for the grace that he handles his diagnosis with. So this man described to us that he had recently moved in with his son's family. And first you thought, well, he had done this because of his own medical needs. It was quite the opposite. He had actually moved in with his son's family to help with his daughter-in-law's medical problems. And so this is the real focus of this man's life. And it has little to do with his concerns about his own health. But what he sees as important is taking care of the rest of his family. So very interesting dynamic. Where do you see things heading, Matt, in terms of sort of the next treatment he might be receiving? So this is a man who has no symptoms. And he's someone partly because he has a low anxiety about his disease. And there's no clinical indication that his disease is clinically worsening, meaning he's free of symptoms, is going to try to continue abiraterone as long as reasonable, and really until he has either symptomatic progression or unequivocal radiographic progression, and then make decisions about further treatment. He tolerated docetaxel remarkably well. So next-line chemotherapy consideration would be cabazitaxel, but that's a decision I'd make with some gravity in a man this age given the more difficult tolerability of that agent. So to bring this to a close, as usual, I'm curious about what today was like. Matt, I know you and Stacy worked together at Dana-Farber when she was a fellow. What was it like to see her in practice? Well, I've known Dr. Leibowitz for a long time, so I wasn't at all surprised to see the excellent care that her patients were receiving, and I couldn't think of a substantial example of where I would have done something different than what she's done with her patients. The differences would be subtle matters of style for the most part. It was very reassuring to kind of see the same themes I see every day in my patients were repeated here, both in the disease state, the way in which patients were initially diagnosed, progressed, managed, and also in the range of personality. So, I mean, that was really extraordinary. I think if Stacy ever chooses to come up and visit me, she might think she's in her own office because the patients are very much the same. And that's a nice thing. Fascinating. Stacy. Having someone with the expertise like Dr. Smith come and help me out was very helpful to sort of pick his brain about issues with different patients. It was very helpful and also just reassuring to me that I am managing my patients appropriately. So very helpful and nice to have. I wish I could have someone like you come out regularly and see patients with me. 